During this week, we are readings. The readings come from the Book of Wisdom. Book of Wisdom was is one of the collection of the known as sapiential literature, which is the books which are uh, concerned about obtaining, acquiring wisdom, not only human, but above all, divine wisdom. This book was written in uh, Alexandria, in Egypt, uh, written by a great scholar, a Jewish scholar, who, looking at his own people, the young people who were there, and he saw them losing faith. And as they were losing faith, he wanted to write something that would kind of summarize for them the whole Bible, the whole of uh, the Old Testament, in a sort of more succinct way. As at that time, perhaps even today, people don't have time to read the whole Bible. They would like to have sort of like a summarized version of it. And so this Book of Wisdom is sort of kind of summarizing the great themes that come from, from the Testament, from the revelation that God given to his people. And so this is what we have today. We, you know, Monday and Tuesday, we have read some portions. And today is Wednesday, all the way through Saturday. We're reading from from this book of wisdom. Now, uh, as you know, Alexandria was a famous city for its, for its uh, center of learning. It, at that time, there was a famous library there which uh, contained hundreds of thousands of books and scrolls and, and, and papyri, you know, the, uh, the, the historical data that was prov provided by the people at that time. It's a, it was written about 100 years before the birth of Christ, so we're talking about more recent, rather than the, going back to you know 1400s or even Abraham 2,000 years before Christ. But this, what was done is this great man of faith summarized the revealed knowledge and the teachings of the Old Testament in a sort of succinct way, and he was wanted to make sure that the young people of, of his day weren't just kind of being pulled away by the, by the uh, ideologies of their time too, their beliefs at that time. And, and so he wanted to protect them. By the way, books of wisdom were, were being used by students, not just the young, young, young as well as older students. Um, they learned how to read and write. They were introduced immediately like a book of Proverbs, is something greater truths, not just some simple words, but they, were, they had to learn and memorize at times portions from, from these great works of, of wisdom. Now, what is this book about? Okay, it kind of summarizes the great themes. So what does it do? First of all, it speaks of the splendor and worth of divine wisdom, including the invitation to follow the Solomon. This book contains reflections of the Solomon, including his prayer, the prayer that he uttered uh, for wisdom. As you know, Solomon, when he was young, he inherited the great kingdom, which David left him, and he didn't know what to do. And so the first thing that he did is he prayed to God for wisdom, divine wisdom, that he may be able to understand and grasp the truth, what he is to do, how he is to do it, and so there's this beautiful prayer that in the Book of Wisdom is contained, this prayer where he asks God for that grace. He says, he says, I don't ask for health. I don't ask for wealth, riches. 
I ask for, for prudence. I ask for divine wisdom so that I may lead and guide these great people. And you know, they, they, and we know the, the, the historical sort of uh, summary of his life, knowing as wisdom of Solomon was, was to have been the greatest before the, the birth of Christ. So he spoke of this divine wisdom as great riches, priceless gem, unfailing treasure, uh, intelligent and holy gift of God, loving uh, the, the, the wisdom to, to love the good, wisdom that penetrates all things and sees evil, sees God's image and the splendor and the call that God gives. Not only that, but in the precepts, he also speaks of things like suffering, why suffering, why early death, why, why for example, the, you know, uh, the redemptive, the redemptive events of, of, uh, of, of the uh, great exodus, why they were given, which means the, the, the summary of the covenant with the people. So all those things are there, but there's more. He speaks of, of God's steadfast love and mercy. One of those great reflections on when he looks at the as people of God, he says, you know, God has been steadfast. He's always been there and he's been merciful. He's so great, his mercy is, is beyond comprehension. But this is what this author of the Book of Wisdom speaks of. And also God's justice being vindicated in rewarding and punishing the individual soul. God's justice vindicated, meaning that people who live faithfully, they see blessings in their life. Even if they have to suffer injustices on account of others who are persecuting them, and yet they, the consequences of their own actions are, 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 are rewarding in a peace of heart, a sense of, of, of harmony in their life, uh, all those things which are known as positive. And then he also sees that God's justice is vindicated in the consequences of, of, uh, of, of evil to those who do evil, that they, are, they come. It's a delay because God is merciful. He delays. The, 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 he calls the punishing of those who are sinners. He always gives them time, but that he ultimately the, the sin catches up, the evil catches up, and they have to experience the consequences of their own evil. Now, today's passage from the Book of Wisdom, which is chapter 6, the beginning of chapter 6, is kind of interesting because he writes these words to, to um, it's an exhortation written to kings, princes, and magistrates, all those who lead people in any, uh, any forms of authority, so any, any type of, of, of authorities which they hold. First of all, he says, hearken you who are in power over a multitude. Hearken you. The Lord is over throngs of people. Just remember that it's not you, but it's God. God is the one because authority was given you by the Lord and sovereignty by the Most High, who shall probe your works and scrutinize your counsels, which means that whatever you choose, whatever you do, whatever laws you enact, whatever actions you perform, whatever it is, they will be reviewed by God. You're not in charge. We want to eliminate in our culture God because if we feel if there's God, then, we have, then God will judge our actions. Revelation will judge our actions. This is why God needs to be removed, because if there's God, there's authority. And if there's authority, that means that God will be view, reviewing our own actions. 
We're not free to choose whatever we wish. There are no such things as free, free type of uh, you know, uh, actions that will have no repercussions. Everything has repercussion. And so the author says, uh, from the Book of Wisdom, he says, all of you in, in charge of, of others, in charge of multitudes who are holding power over them, remember that, you, that your actions will, will, will also be examined and scrutinized, and there will be a follow-up. Because though you are ministers of his kingdom, and he tells many who says, but you judged not rightly. You were, too, you were selfish, you were looking for your own ideologies, so you would force people to do whatever they wish. You did not follow God's will. And terribly and swiftly shall he come against you, because judgment is stern for the exalted, those who consider themselves powerful and they are not untouchable. The judgment will come, and it will be a stern judgment, for the lowly may be pardoned out of mercy, but the mighty shall be mightily put to the test. No one in great authority. Ultimately, we know. We know what happens. Because he himself made the great as well as the small, and he provides for all alike. Beautiful words of wisdom here. Divine wisdom and human wisdom all contain in these words. To you, therefore, O princess, all those who lead and others are my words addressed that you may learn wisdom and that you may not sin. For those who keep the holy precepts hallowed shall be found holy and those learned in them will have ready a response because ultimately the Lord's words are given to us for our own greatness, not human greatness, but God's greatness, which is holiness. And that's what the Lord is giving us today. So we're invited to, or I'm reminded today through these words, that even if we don't hold great authority over people, but we always have influence on others, whether it's direct or indirect, by you know the what is called we receive the the charismatic gifts, charismatic leadership for those who love the Lord have an effect on others, because they are witnesses. They're witnesses to God's truth, God's ways, God's commandments, and so this is we are invited to share in that charismatic authority which we have received. We may not have direct one. And yet we have influence on others by our example, by our words, but what we do by our prayer, by our professing faith publicly, by, by gathering for prayer, reminding others that we are believers, that God is real to us. That's the, the gift. Secondly, we're invited to remember that the authority of God is always over us. We're not, we're not there, we're not the lords of this earth but we are under authority of God, and, and our consequences are also real. But then we are to, to seek wisdom, to seek a desire to learn, to know, not just you know, be preoccupied with so many other things, and we're being entertained, and sometimes out of escapism, we watch stuff, we do things which mean nothing for all eternity, and we're wasting time. So God is reminding us that we are to seek that wisdom and to be in communion with him because he gives us all the gifts. I remember St. Faustina, who the Lord revealed many things, and the Lord would say this, it would take years for theologians to learn what I give you at this very moment. I can grant you this wisdom. So the wisdom that God can give is for the asking. Seek, and you shall find. 
And, you know, and if Faustina, with two and a half years of education, could write an incredible thesis on, on divine mercy in a diary, how much more? How much more can he give us specifically special gifts for the, for the leadership of others, for guidance of others, for reminding others? So two and a half years of education produced following of, of millions of people who read and are instructed, not because of her, because of what God gave her, what God can give to us. And it is this gift. Today in the gospel we hear of what God gave to those who called upon him, the 10, ten uh, lepers who, who, who called out, he says, son of God, have pity on us, have pity on us, be merciful to us, because we are separated, we're shunned by everybody else, we're quarantined to live outside, Nobody can, can touch us. And so here it is, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. And the Lord says, come, go and show yourselves to the priest. And they were cleansed as they were walking because of their faith. But there's one thing that the Lord is asking us today through this gospel is that, but be grateful to God for the gifts he gives you. Be grateful, the gratitude. Where are the nine? Yes, there are men of faith, and they have forgotten to give thanks. You know, there's something special about giving thanks to people who, who help us, who assist us. You know, giving thanks to our parents for taking care of us, if they're still alive, or praying for them when they have already passed away, for the things they've done for us. Giving thanks to the teachers and guides who are truly men and women of faith, those who are spiritual guides to us, those who helped us along the way in a professional way, giving thanks, being thankful, but above all, being thankful to God for the gift of what? Life. We are here for the gift of faith. He gave us the gift for the gift of Eucharist because he has offered his life for us and he gives us his body and blood that we cannot even grasp being thankful to God for the gift of family, for the environment in which we were born, giving thanks to God for, for uh, preparing us for heaven. We cannot even grasp what's there beyond. Giving thanks for his mercy, for his merciful love, for his forgiveness. Being thankful for God's communion of love in us. He comes and enters us and to be with us. We are the temple of God, created by God all the gifts that he has given to us. These are some things that sometimes we take, take things for granted, for being able to eat and to live in a home, warm home during winter, for the air that we have, for the ability to even walk, to see, to hear, to smell, to taste, all those gifts which God gives us. And this is something so extraordinary for us and so giving thanks and then now, the last portion of our reflection today is, is the gift of Albert the Great. I don't think we will have Thomas Aquinas if it wasn't for Albert the Great, a man who was born in Bavaria. He came from a well-to-do family, but he chose to be a mendicant, to be a beggar. And his family was furious with him for wanting to become a Dominican at that time. He absolutely, they, 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 were, they forbid him, they tried to control him, and his father, who was a military leader, had a powerful effect, and yet he was not able because called by God, he had the courage to say, no, I want to follow the Lord. 
in the, as a mendicant, as a, as a beggar, literally beggar. But these beggars, uh, on one hand, were begging for everything. But on the other hand, they received the greatest of educations. They sent these, these Dominicans and Franciscans were sending their young candidates to the first, one of the first universities, the first were in Bologna in Italy, but Paris, University of Paris, which was opened in 1215 by the Catholic Church. You know, universities come because of Catholic, Catholics. And it was the, um, uh, Albert was, was sent there as well as Thomas Aquinas subsequently, but Albert was his teacher. And he had such incredible love for knowledge. At that time, it was the Muslims who reintroduced the Greek philosophy, Aristotle, Socrates, Plato, and he reintroduced them back into the, into the civilized world because once they attacked the, uh, you know, the, the Constantinople and all the libraries and everything from the old antiquity, they had it at their disposal. And so they wanted to, to bring it back. And so, so the, uh, it, was, it was Albert who began to be interested, started reading uh, about you know you know the Socrates Plato the uh, the philosophers of antiquity, and so he began to write this book, which was it took him 20 years as religious and even as bishop, which contained all the sciences in one, all the sciences. He wrote about every science that there was at that time. His mind was so incredible, but what he did is he introduced to young Thomas Aquinas the concept that all knowledge comes from God. And this knowledge can be a revealed knowledge or natural knowledge. So from God comes all. There is no such thing as science outside of God. Not possible. God has given us the abilities, the intellect and the senses to come to know. He has given us the capacity to think clearly, logically, rationally. God is the source of knowledge. So it doesn't matter whether it's the revelation that leads us to God whereas the natural sciences and all the human sciences lead us to God because, because it goes back. It's God who reveals himself to us in human form, Jesus, but he also reveals himself through the, 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 the prudence of one, of one another. We know what the consequences are. You know which food to eat and which not to eat because you can get hurt. You know what type of medicines we have because of the consequences or the knowledge we have. So it is, it is the uh, Albert the Great who introduced Thomas, and for Thomas, all source of knowledge and wisdom comes from God. And, but he focused on, on both the revealed knowledge and also the, that which we speak of as common sense, rational, reflected knowledge. And he put it all into what is known as Summa Theologica. And then, so the su summary, of theological reflection of knowledge. And he, he took many, many, since he was so well read, he, he took from all the, all the writings of the former periods of Christian antiquity, and he took it all and he placed it all in this one book volume called Summa Theologica. And then, and then uh, and not only then, but also the summary, which is known Summa Contra Gentiles uh, summary, uh, uh, of, of, of uh, reflection, philosophical and theological uh, for the Gentiles, those who are not of faith, and how we who believe, how, why do we believe what we believe? Why do we follow the Lord? Why do we follow the wisdom of God? 
So may we then today, as we have wonderful gifts that God gives us, wonderful gifts, both scripture as well as the knowledge coming from truly a man of God, man of learning, Albert the Great, as he's known, for helping us to form us in theological reflection and in human wisdom, because we need this. Today, our wisdom is being sort of suspended. Ideologies become the foundation, not nature, not science, not theology. We're putting stuff that is right hanging in the midair. It's from, from our fanciful thinking. We can think of, we can be whoever we wish. We can join machines and human beings into one and create this new creation. Who's programming these machines? Ideological people are programming, so therefore we're being, if we become sort of like, you know, cross between artificial intelligence and who we are, transhumanism, who are we? We're destroying ourselves. We're destroying children. We're destroying them. We're neutralizing them. There's no such things that we can change our, our nature as men and women. So we were doing all these things. That's why we need the grounding in, in, in God's wisdom and truly human wisdom, but wisdom that has been uh, obtained through ages and ages, hundreds and thousands of years of reflection, human reflection and knowledge, rather than that which is suspended in utopian concepts of, of creating this new generation of human beings destroying their sexuality, destroying their, 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 their potential for human being, for human life. None of that. That's why we need to be grounded and grounded in people like Albert the Great, Thomas Aquinas, men and women of today, the great witnesses of faith. And then, above all, seek the divine wisdom as Solomon did, as the book of wisdom, author of the book of wisdom has sought because that's when this knowledge is so akin to us, it feels natural and normal, because that's how God made us. We're made in his image and likeness, and we grasp the truth, the divine truth, when we are open to God, his wisdom, and his extraordinary love preparing us for all eternity. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit divinemercyplus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's divinemercyplus.org. Are you a Marian helper? 
Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily Masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.